Well, good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campus is joined via the video signal this morning. And I try to make my iPad work. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Here we go. Let's do the Apostles' Creed first. <laughs> this is our statement of faith, who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. There we go. Good morning to our campuses over in Stevens Point and Appleton this morning. Good to have you with us, as well as those on the internet and who will watch us on television. Today, uh, I have a message. This is kind of one of these odd, weird kind of messages that... I'm not sure I make any sense when I'm saying it, but try and focus with me, and we'll see what we can get. Matthew, the seventh chapter, verse 15, Jesus says this. He says, watch out for false prophets. There are people that we need to be leery of and cautious and vigilant against. They are destructive in uh, their teachings and what they advocate. He says, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ferocious wolves, by their fruit, Jesus says, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Obviously not. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Uh, my message this morning is entitled, Look at Their Fruit, Not Their Roots. All right, I'll try to make sense of that. Now, first of all, Jesus warns us against false teachers, prophets, people who come in, very destructive. But then he says, the way you will be able to recognize them is by looking at their fruits. What is it that they produce? What kind of things are they saying? What is it they are doing? What is the result of what they are saying and doing? So we are to be uh, people who look at the fruits, the ultimate end results. Now, the problem here is that a lot of people are very impatient. And uh, we don't want to look at the fruit. We don't want to wait for the fruit because the fruit takes some time. We want to look at the roots. Is there anything before, before we get to the fruit? And uh, their intentions are well-meaning. And uh, a lot of them are doing it out of pure zeal for trying to get things right. But they tend to get a little goofy and crazy. It's kind of where legalism comes from. Okay, people who are legalists are people who add to the Bible. They're doing it out of good intention, but by adding to it, they make things worse. Uh, I've used this analogy many times, but I'll use it again. It's like if the rule is you don't play in the street. So, okay, that's a good rule for obvious reasons. But then a legalist will come on and say, well, you can't play in the yard. You have to stay in the house because if you play in the yard, you'll want to play in the street. And then someone else will come and say, well, you can play in the house, but you've got to close the curtains. 
Because if you open up and you look outside, you'll be tempted to go into the yard and you'll end up in the street. And then some other idiot comes along and says, well, the kids can only be in the basement. Because if they go upstairs, they'll be tempted to look out the curtains, they'll see the yard, they'll play in the yard, and they'll wind up in the street. Therefore, now everybody's got to stay in the basement. That's legalism. Christians have been famous for this by adding all kinds of rules and regulations, all to honor a good intent, but they become legalists. Their intentions are well. I don't challenge their intentions, but uh, what they do is actually winds up being very negative. Uh, the same is true of people who are constantly looking for any kind of connection to something that they think might be damaging to the Christian of faith. I appreciate their vigilance and their passion. I truly do. But they are kind of crazy, okay? And they, they start getting just all kinds of goofy and ranting and raving about things that I think they shouldn't really be ranting and raving on. Uh, we have seen this for years and years and years and years and years. The most reason what set this off <laughs> is an article I read recently from some national pastor, which shall remain unnamed. Uh, but he was ranting and raving on the destructive elements of the Hollywood movie, Heaven is for Real. Now, I don't know if you've seen this movie. I've seen this movie. It was a fabulous movie. The point of the movie is that heaven is for real. How horrible is that? Okay? But no, you can't look at the positive fruit of this. You got to get all kinds of nitpicky, look for any kind of connection to something that might not be quite accurate. And that boy's recollection or what he said of heaven is not biblically sound. First of all, the Bible doesn't say everything that's in heaven. How does he know what's up there? And it's the recollection of some kid who saw a vision of heaven when he was four. I can't give you an accurate account of what I did yesterday. And this guy, I mean, he's, he's, he's not up there chatting with Buddha, for heaven's sakes. He's talking to Jesus, and this kid has this, it's really a fabulous movie. You ought to go see the movie or read the book. It's quite stunning. What happens is this kid's like, he's on the verge of death, and he you know, has this near-death experience. And he says, he went to heaven, and he saw people. and like, So anyway, he comes back, this little four-year-old boy later, he doesn't talk about it right away. Later in conversation, starts saying things about people and places and stuff that how in the world would he know these things? And they would ask him and say, well, because well, I, I saw it in heaven. And of course, they, they think he's a little making this up in his head, but it's quite stunning. The evidence was quite stunning. One of the cool moments is he starts talking about his grandfather called Pops. And, uh, and the dad says, yeah, he was a great guy. You never really got a chance to know him. And he says, no, I met him. Where'd you meet him? When I went to heaven, of course. The, and the dad's a preacher. He, he can't even believe this stuff. So he goes and gets a photo of the old man and says, is this the guy you saw in heaven? He goes, nah, that's not him. And he goes, huh. And I thought about it. He says, he went and found a young picture of his dad and brought it to him and says, is this him? He goes, yep, that's Pops. It's like... How would you know that? I mean, it's quite stunning. So the movie's full of stuff like that. It's really very cool. And the point is, heaven is for real. How terrible is that? So this pastor's writing, you know, he's saying things that aren't 100% accurate. How does, first of all, and in and, and the article, I don't know if you read this article, but in the article, the guy's making huge assumptions and leaps because he says it's therefore this and just, oh my goodness gracious. 
It's these people, they're root chasers. They look for any kind of connection. Sometimes 100% there's... <laughs> and they get a little goofy, I think, and they start sounding ridiculous. Churches have done this ever since I've been a Christian, back when the dinosaurs still roamed the earth. You know, you remember E.T.? The movie E.T.? I remember preachers on the radio. The radio guys are the worst, by the way. Preacher on radio talking... That movie, E.T., is a mockery of the death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you see the same movie I saw, man? Because that is, I don't even know where. And then you listen to him, and he gets this connection, and that is a sign of this. And you go, oh, you're crazy. <laughs> and ranting and raving and stuff and getting people in a fit. In a, by the way, when you hear people ranting about stuff like this, don't just listen and react. Use your brain, okay? These people all just... <laughs> you guys remember backward masking? <laughs> Some of you geezers out there, you remember that, right? Backward masking, you young people, you, know, you have no idea what we're talking about. There used to be these things called records, okay? <laughs> these, these were flat discs of plastic, with bumps on them and you would put a needle and it would spin and you would hear music all right and uh apparently there was this thing going around this was a major thing in evangelical christianity they went nuts they said that there are encoded satanic messages on those records and then if you played them backwards you could hear the messages I'm like, really? What did that say? There's a demon in your underwear. What? Oh, I didn't hear that. What? So seriously, now, this is not me yelling about this 30 years later. I thought it was insane when it happened. How stupid is this? We're worried about backward messages. Man, I can't get people to listen to me, and I speak forward. <laughs> so you're telling me you can put a message on backwards, hidden in a bunch of a bunch of music, and that, that message is going to get in people's heads. Yep, that's what will happen. Oh, good Lord. Because that devil, he's out there, and he's very powerful. See, that's what irritates me. Because they act as if the Christian experience is so weak, so impotent, so lacking of any strength, that if you have so much of any kind of connection to anything, it'll just ruin your Christianity. Really? I don't know what version of Christianity these people have, but it's not mine. Good grief, I'm worried about demons everywhere. There's demons everywhere. Passing a lot for demons. There's people who literally think that if you're struggling in your Christian faith and you don't have as much joy as you should have, it's probably because there's probably some demon activity in your house. And maybe, you know, a thousand years ago, there were some pagans dancing naked on a rock where your house stands today and <laughs> sacrificing squirrels and frogs to, to demigods. And that's why you're having problems in your spirit today. Really? I'm not making this stuff up, man. There's one guy. God bless him. There was a brother in the church who was struggling with something in his life. He went over to his house and said, oh, I know what the problem is. What's that? He's got, an, 
he's got a wooden owl on his lawn, his lawn ornament. Really? Oh yeah, owls are signs of the devil. I wasn't aware of this. They never taught us about the owl demons when I was learning this stuff. So, I mean, they're, they're, there's constantly, there's, you know, worry about it. There's something demonic. Look out for that connection. To this. Look out for that. Don't listen to these people and don't be this way. Good grief. I'm not worried about some stupid demon. We should be freaking out the demons. Good grief. <laughs> when Jesus walked around, demons would freak. Read the New Testament. They were just, ah! Man, when I walk in... <laughs> Beat that child. Beat that child. <laughs> oh, I don't know what they think. Anyway, uh, so what was I talking about? Uh, oh, they freak out because, you know, there's a demon or something. Man, I'm telling you what. When I walk into a room, I'm not thinking, gee, are there demons here? I'm thinking the demons ought to be going, oh no, he's here. We should be freaking them out. Because why? We have an incredibly powerful experience. The Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I'm not worried about demons around. Good grief. <laughs> we were at a conference one year and meet all these different people. It's a big marriage conference. And this lady comes up and, and meets me. And she says, oh, I just love your stuff. It's really great. Says, Can we all get together and do dinner later with our group? And I said, sure. She says, oh, that's so exciting. By the way, I'm a witch. <laughs> she did. She said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Wiccan witch. And of course, I had to say, are you a good witch or a bad witch? You know, <laughs> she says, which she didn't appreciate, actually. But, uh, you know, uh, she says, is that a problem? I said, not to me, it's not. And said, okay, great. So we got all set up and I turned around to our guys and I said, hey guys, we're going to dinner with a witch. <laughs> and, and they said, really? I said, yeah, this ought to be fun. <laughs> all right. Now I know a million Christians who would have had a fit. Oh, you can't get around those people. You can't have connections. You might have a root somewhere. Ah, really? I'm not afraid of them for heaven's sakes. So why don't we go hang out with the witch? And uh, we're having dinner and we're laughing and goofing around. And, and then finally, at one point, she says to me, you're a pastor, right? I said, yeah. So what, 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 kind of, what kind of pastor? So what do you mean? She said, well, there's people who are like really conservative, you know, Bible believers. And there's really liberal people that don't believe the Bible. Where do you fit? I said, oh, I'm way down here. And she said, Really? I said, yeah, why? She says, I've never met a conservative Christian that wasn't mean to me. I said, oh, sweetie, they mean well, but I have no problem with it at all. So we're sharing with them and stuff like that. So the next day she comes to listen to me speak. And when I got done, she runs up to the front. She grabs me and says, you make me want to become a Christian. And then she ran away. <laughs> she did. She said, ah! <laughs> Now that's what should be happening. The demons ought to be going, ah! You know, 
Like, don't be freaking out with all kinds of little... And I get it. We need to be vigilant because if you do have really bad roots, you'll eventually poison the tree and the tree will have bad fruit. But you know what? You got to be patient and see the fruit. Don't be overreacting to every little connection. We do a... We, our church is part of a conference every year with this group down in Chicago, Willow Creek. I don't know much about the church. I don't really care. Okay? Uh, but uh, it's a leadership summit and they have all kinds of speakers. Some of them aren't Christians at all. And there are people in our church, God bless your peeping hearts, that get all upset at us because we have, how can you have it? You're connected to those people. We're not connected to anybody. We're just listening to the conference. You don't have to be a born-again Christian to listen about leadership. There are some fabulous leaders who are just pagans and heathens. They don't believe in God at all. Some of them are little nuts. Who's that real rich guy? <laughs> Donald Trump. He's a good leader. He's a little crazy, but he's a good leader. I would love, if I had a chance to sit and listen to him about leadership, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. But you might be connected to some really. Stop. Pastor Joe, previous church, he was preaching a sermon. He quoted something from Rick Warren. Apparently, there's a lot of people who think Rick Warren is terrible. I don't know. I don't listen to him. I don't have the time. Where do people get the time to listen to all these preachers, by the way? <laughs> Seriously. They ask me, well, do you listen to Rick Warren? No. You listen to Bill Hybels? No. Do you listen to Joel Osteen? No. <laughs> who has the time? I got to get done what I got to do and get home to see the redhead. I don't have time for all this. Well, there's people, they listen to all these preachers and look, if they encourage you, great, but don't get crazy in your head. I don't know why you're listening to all of them anyway. Anyway. So Joe quoted from Rick Warren, and apparently there's a lot of people who hate him. Which apparently if you get really famous, there's people who love you and people who hate you. Apparently I'm not really famous yet because, because I haven't seen a gungeristhantichrist.com yet. I'm sure it'll show up at some point. MarkHargersTheAntichrist.com and give you all the list of the horrible things that I said to prove there's a connection to something and therefore it shouldn't have anything to do with me. It's coming. I promise you it's coming. <laughs> but they're crazy people. Good Lord, what's the matter with people? I get that every once in a while, you know, in the last 15 years, maybe four times, you know, some church, they're the root chasers, you know, they're trying to find one thing that you said or did and they don't approve of. At one church, big church in Lynchburg, Virginia, canceled my speaking engagement because I was at a conference where somebody did something they didn't agree with. I didn't do it. Didn't matter. Because it's guilt by association. Guilt by connection. The root chasers. Root chasers. You shall know them by their roots. No, you're wrong. You'll know them by their fruits. Stop it. Just had a church up in Canada. I like Canadians, but these guys are nuts. I love Canadians. They're cool people. Actually, they're very cold people. It's cold up there. But, uh, <laughs> but warm hearts. And uh, this church, they had booked me a year in advance. So in like a couple of weeks before, they called me up and uh, they didn't want me to come. Why? Because of something you said. Now, apparently, you know, these people, they're rooted. They're trying to find one little thing. Apparently, I said something that was a bit outrageous. I have no idea what they're talking about. So I was refer referring to some guy who's taking his grandson to go see prostitutes. 
And in the thing, I said, you really shouldn't be taking your grandkids to be boinking bimbos. Apparently, they had an issue with that word. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you said boinking. I said, yeah. Well, that's really inappropriate. I'm thinking, boy, I could have used a lot of other words. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and apparently, somewhere in the Bible, it says, thou shalt not say the word boink. I don't know where that is. So I so said, now, you asked me to come speak about marriage. Yeah. Have you ever been to one of my conferences? Yes. Have you seen the lives that were changed? Yes. Do you think that would be beneficial to your people? Yes. But you won't have me come because I used the word boink in an interview somewhere. Oh, that's right. They're just idiots. And I, I, you know, I love them. I'll be in heaven with them. I, I just hope they're on the other side. <laughs> People are crazy. The history of the property, you know, got to cast out demons. The holiday people, you guys are always a lot of fun. You know, you're celebrating Easter and Christmas and Halloween and all, whatever these holidays are, they just have a fit. <laughs> Can't celebrate Christmas. The Bible doesn't say celebrate Christmas. You're right, it doesn't say that. Well, if you put up a Christmas tree, that's a pagan sign. Okay. And those ornaments, those balls hanging on your tree, you know what that represents? Yeah, I don't want to know. I don't want to. <laughs> really? And there's people, they're absolutely convinced if you do any of this stuff, you are poisoning your soul. How can you take your kids trick-or-treating? Two words, free candy. <laughs> well, that's the night the devil comes out. I got news for you. The devil's out every night. All right? And I don't think he has a special night. And if he does, I'm going to go ruin it. Hallelujah. I think Christians ought to be everywhere. Praise God. Hallelujah. Dress up like a flying monkey and go to your neighbor. Praise God. How you doing? Oh, no. He can't get Goodness gracious. Now, let me show you biblically. <laughs> I do have a point here. Uh, why, why I think that's just faulty thinking. Now, in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 25, Paul is talking to the uh, Corinthians church. Now, early Christianity was initially made up of all Jewish people. In fact, if you weren't Jewish, they didn't think you could be a Christian. It's very true, okay? Uh, and people always say, well, the Jews rejected Jesus as Messiah. That is not true. In fact, when you read the book of Acts and you read them preaching to the Jews, they're talking about Jesus, this, and God raising from the dead. They didn't have any negative reactions. You know what ticked them off? Is when they said people like you and me could get in without becoming Jews first. They would go livid. And they would riot. And they would tear the place apart. And they'd persecute the Christians. And eventually they'd have nothing to do with Christianity. Because they let scumbags like you and me in. Who were not Jewish. Who weren't properly Jewish. You had to be circumcised. Now, eventually, the church said, you didn't have to do that. Thank God. It's hard enough to get guys to come to church. <laughs> but they had a big conference in, in the book of Acts, about the 19th chapter, somewhere in there. Read it. And uh, where they finally said, well, how much of the Old Testament law do we have to do? You have to obey all of it. And others said, no, we don't have to obey any of it. Nah. So finally, they settled it. We don't have to live by the law of Moses. Thank God. 
Because I like bacon. All right. But there were three things that they said from the law of Moses that does get transferred to us. This is the decision of the New Testament church. Most of you, I'm sure, have no idea what they are because it's just not germane to us. We don't wrestle with these issues and it's just not a big issue, mostly because we've lived in a predominantly Christian culture for the last 2,000 years. But here they are. Number one, this one, of course, makes sense because it is consistent with Christian teaching, is that you should avoid sexual immorality. That was in the law of Moses. We should not be doing it now. That's very clear. Okay. Number two, you should not be drinking blood. Okay. <laughs> but there are cultures that they do drink blood. And, uh, for example, when we uh, slaughter an, an animal, they bleed it out and stuff like that to get you know, the bulk of the blood out of it and stuff like that. I, mean, I like a medium rare steak, but I mean, this, these, there's people that when they slaughter them, they don't drain the blood out of them. So everything's like real creepy and you're not supposed to do it. You're not supposed to do it. Okay, again, it's not an issue for us. And number three, you're not supposed to offer, you're not supposed to eat meat that has been sacrificed to an idol. Those are the three things. Again, it's just a non-issue to us. Uh, but the uh, um, sacrificing of, of meat, what it is, is these pagans would go into their, you know, temples and they'd chant, they're worshiping these heathen gods and whatever and then they would sacrifice these bulls and chickens and everything in, in this worship of these demigods and then when they're done they would chop up the food and they'd sell it in the marketplace okay so the Christians in the Corinthian church were saying okay because they were new, new converts they weren't Jewish but they knew the rule you're not supposed to have meat offered to idols then uh, how worried should we be about this and you would think that's a pretty big thing, especially back in that day. But even Paul was very anti-chasing demons and chasing connections and finding out what holiday belongs to this, that, and the other. It's all absurd. Because when it came to this issue, look what Paul says. He told them, eat anything sold in the meat market without asking, without raising questions. He says, just don't ask. Don't ask. But what if some demons were going, and dancing on that cow? Don't ask. Why? Because it doesn't affect us. He says, because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And then he says, look, if an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions. Don't ask. Now, this was very common in that day. People frequently would buy food that had been sacrificed to idols. Some guy, you know, this is back in the day, people would do their own slaughtering of animals and they'd do it as part of their satanic ritual and stuff like that and, and then they'd invite you over for dinner. Hey, why don't you come over to our house? Why don't we'll make you, you know, a little, little steak. And the church was all worried about it. Oh, what about this? What about that? And I'm sure there were Christians like there are today who are just freaking about every connection. Don't do it, don't do it, it's satanic. Paul said, don't, just don't ask. Just go. Now, he says, but if someone says to you, look, this has been offered in a sacrifice, then don't eat it, both for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. What is he saying? We don't have to be worried about all these little connections and roots and stuff like that. Even serious ones like this, just don't ask why. This stuff doesn't affect you. You think you're not being victorious in Jesus because of 
what happened in your house 100 years ago? Seriously? You think you're having a hard time because you got the wrong picture of a chicken in your yard? Good grief. I just talked to a lady outside in church. She said, man, I remember coming to a church and I had a dolphin pendant on and some lady just ran me out and said, that's a new age sign. She said, I threw it away. I spent a lot of money for that. I laughed. Oh. You quit listening to these people. Seriously. You're worried because of a certain pendant or stuff. I don't care about any of that stuff. It doesn't affect me because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The Christian experience is a powerful experience. We are not at the mercy of some little out there. You should not fear that stuff. I promise you, they are afraid of you. When a true believer in Jesus Christ, filled with the love of God and the presence of the Spirit of God, walks into a room, they go, ah! Hallelujah. But boy, there's people today, I'm telling you, they're just obsessed by this nonsense. If, in point of fact, at Festival Foods, God, they're a great place. <laughs> Please don't sue me. <laughs> just, you're a common name. I'm sure you don't do this. But if at Festival Foods, well, if a rumor gets out about Festival because of this, you know, that's, we got some crazy people. But if we knew that at Festival Foods, in the back behind the meat counter, there are people in pagan rituals. And they're sacrificing the cows back there to the god of bratwurst. And then packaging it up and putting it in the thing. Now you know if someone were to find that out, this would be on Christian radio in a heartbeat. And this would be all across the community. And we'd have signs going up and protesting. Don't go to festival foods because they're worshiping the bratwurst god and they're chopping up meat to idols. And we're not supposed to eat them. And there would be a big thing. And half of you would all be going, yeah, don't go to festival because they're... Stop. Check your medication. Calm down. Not even supposed to be asking. Who cares what Paul is saying to all that? Who cares is what he says. Who cares? Doesn't affect us. Because greater is he that is in us than anything that's in the world. The same power that is in you is the same power the Bible says that God used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead. And someday we'll raise you physically from the dead. It's in you right now. I don't feel it. Doesn't matter what you feel. We are more than conquerors, the Bible says. You know what a conqueror is? Think of these conquerors of age, of Rome and of years past. These people had come and they were conquerors. They destroyed everything. They, nothing could stop them. They were the great conquerors of the world. The Bible says conquerors? We're not conquerors. We're more than conquerors. We're not some cheap little wussy conqueror. We're more than conquerors. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I don't know if this message is making sense to anybody. <laughs> My point is, look at the fruits. Don't be one of these people that just goes crazy and psycho, looking for any kind of connection to somebody. We went to that conference and there's a guy there who said, just stop. Now granted, if you have your roots in enough bad places, it will eventually poison the tree. I understand that. But you need to wait for the fruit. And at that point, you make the call. 
You need to be smart. Don't be sticking and connecting to bad things. I understand that. But we don't need to walk around in fear and paranoia and getting people in a lather because of one little conference or this. Or that. Man, I have guys come and preach in the pulpit. I don't even know what they believe, half of them. <laughs> I mean, serious, about their serious doctrines. Why? We just don't get into those things. I'm sure we have guys. You know, I, I had a great friend, the Methodist pastor from Africa last year. He's going to come again in August. I'm not a Methodist. I don't know what Methodists think. I'm sure I don't agree at some point. They're Methodists, sweet people. Why would you have him preach? Because he's a good guy and he's preaching the love of God and I don't get into his little doctrines. We don't have to be worried about some connection to whatever. Now, there are people who are destructive and say really bad doctrines. I wouldn't have them up here. I understand that. But even like at our men's conferences. Remember you guys would come to that and I'd say, look, we have men, guys here from around the country. I, never, I, didn't do, I didn't do what these Canadians did. I don't sit there and go online and find every little thing and see what they think. In fact, I told you, if you hear something that seems really unbiblical and crazy, just ignore it. Why are they here? Because they're here to talk about men. I listened to what they said about men, and I think it will help our men. That's why they're here. Well, Pastor, aren't you worried about their doctrines? No, I'm not. Why? They're not here for doctrine. I'm not worried about their connecting to anything. Don't, we don't need to be walking around in fear and paranoia about things that are not really germane or that important. Let's pray. <laughs> thank you, Father, for your word and your truth. We thank you, Lord, that we can walk with confidence, that you have great love for us, and you watch for out. You're able to keep those who put their hope and their trust in you, and that greater is he that is in us than any demon or anything else in this world. And while we need to be vigilant and we need to be smart, I understand that. But Lord, we don't need to walk around in fear. We don't need to be paranoid. And we certainly don't need to condemn everything that we disapprove of because of some connection to here, there, or the other place. Help us to be people of confidence and walking in that confidence to a lost and dying world. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Have Amen. a great day.